0: Freedom, freedom is the cry of the human heart. I thought about painting my face blue today. And like Mel Gibson screaming, freedom, freedom, it's the cry of the human heart. Wars have been fought in order to gain freedom. People have given their lives for freedom, to gain it and to keep it. People will work and give their whole lives to a job and to a career for what? To try to find that elusive thing called financial freedom. We want freedom. But I want to cut right to the chase. That's enough setting it all up. Because here's the truth. The only path to freedom runs directly through the cross of Christ Jesus. Praise God. I thought I was going to have to ask for more amen on that one. Amen. The only path to freedom runs through the cross of Christ Jesus. Period. We could end the whole message with that one. It underscores everything. For no one is truly free unless the Son sets them free. Can we get another amen on that? Amen. Wherever the gospel of Jesus has been proclaimed, embraced, freedom is followed. Freedom has followed. Freedom follows the cross. All kinds of freedom. Throughout history, the freest nations, the freest people have been those whose lives, whose societies have been built on the biblical principle of freedom. I don't know if they teach that today in schools, but that's the truth. Freedom in America is the result, not of a bunch of smart people coming up with their own plans of how to create a society and make a nation. No, freedom in America, the freest nation and the most, therefore the most prosperous nation that's ever existed on the planet throughout all of history, is a result of men who feared God. Men who read their Bibles. Men who would get on their knees together when they got together and pray. Men who formed one nation under God. Freedom in America is a result of people who understood that rights are not given by government, not earned by military right, but rights and freedom are given by God. Freedom. Freedom. And I want to say this. We gain freedom, we we experience freedom on a national level when we fear God and we invite Him into our society. But what happens when we push God out? We think, oh, America, untouchable. We're so proud, we're so big, we're so mighty. We don't need God anymore. How's that been working out over the last several decades? Not so great. Freedoms are eroding. Freedom will disappear if God disappears. Period. So again, the only path to freedom runs directly through the cross of Christ Jesus. So welcome back to our study of Galatians, where we're talking about the gospel, the whole gospel, and nothing but the gospel, so help us God, so help us, God. amen. You know, that's a good prayer to pray every single morning, help me God, help me God. The title of today's message is just simply, Finding Freedom Through Faith. Finding Freedom Through Faith... Jesus said this, it's found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, beginning of verse 18. Jesus said that the Spirit of the Lord is on me. And Jesus said, because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, He has sent me, Jesus is saying, He was sent, He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of Of the Lord's favor the words of Jesus his mission his purpose freedom is near and dear to God's heart but what is freedom point number one what is freedom if you're looking online a new version for the notes I tried to upload those today I don't know what was going on with their site it was down it wouldn't let me even log in so deal with it you know what I'm saying just listen if you need take pictures of the of, of what's on the screen whatever you need to do it's all gonna be okay You can do like Pastor Phil, and you can actually get out a pen and and a piece of paper and take some some physical notes. It's good. It's a good way to let things really sink in, to to engage with what God is saying. Point number one, what is freedom? Galatians 5. We are in Galatians 5. Let's congratulate ourselves for that. This is the 10th message of of our journey through the book of Galatians. Galatians 5, verse 1, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, it is for freedom... That Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Freedom. Again, it's near and dear to God's heart. What is it? Well, people define freedom in a lot of ways, a lot of people define freedom in political terms. I just kind of did that earlier, right? We look at freedom and we look at how free is a nation, how free does, does that, the politics and the governance of a nation allow its people to be. Others define freedom as hey, I'm free if you just leave me alone. Just leave, give me some space, stay out of my grill, let me be me. Don't put me in a box. My body, my choice. Whoa, where'd that come from? <laughs> I agree with that. My body, my choice to a degree. But it's not my body anymore. It's his, by the way. You know, it's not mine. It's his I no longer live but Christ lives in me So if you're a believer, that's it. It's no longer your body. You think it's my body It's not your body. You are his you are bought and paid for okay, so that's that's plain and simple right there But even for those that are lost and don't understand that my body my choice Okay But what happens when you make the choice with your body to create another body another person who now has the uh, choice? Will they also have that kind of freedom? You're like, don't touch me, don't mess with me, but what about that child who has just been conceived because of the freedom that you've exercised? How about their body? Give them the choice to live. That was extra credit, by the way. But here's the deal, if the totality of defining freedom is just what we experience because of the politics of our nation, or because uh, uh, people leave us alone and let let just, you know, I did it my way, let me be me type thing, if that's the totality of freedom, then the result is always going to be less than, and bondage is going to return. Because here's the deal, mankind can never manufacture true freedom, and mankind will always lose freedom because mankind messes everything up. Everything. Everything. Everything mankind touches eventually blows up. It fails. It fails. There's only one who never fails. There's only one who never fails. As it was stated earlier in our time of Thanksgiving, there is only one who is faithful. Even when we are not, there is one who is faithful. Mankind cannot create or maintain true freedom. We always mess it up. However, the freedom that God brings is like none other. Can, you, can I get an amen on that? Amen. Have you experienced that kind of freedom? Yes. Amen. I hope so. If you're in Christ, then you have. You have. God offers freedom that goes to the core of the human issue. See, true freedom is the liberation from from something that has separated us from our Creator and has kept us from our true inheritance. True freedom is freedom from our sins. True freedom is freedom from the sinful nature that controls us, that has has kept us from truly being alive. True freedom True freedom, freedom from the shackles of sin. We read about that in Galatians 3.22. Go back and check it out. The reference to freedom from those shackles of sin. And in Galatians 3.23, freedom from trying to work ourselves into righteousness through the law. And then in Galatians 4.3, We discovered the freedom that we have from satanic dominion and and what what the enemy wants to do and how he wants to have control and direct our lives, which is always to death. We have freedom from all of those, a freedom that this world that no human being can ever give us, but a freedom that comes from Christ alone. Again, Paul says, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free, and he set you free like no one else can ever do. This kind of freedom is also called Christian liberty. How many of you have ever heard that term, Christian liberty? Not many. All right. Well, Christian liberty. There's a few hands. Okay. All right. I'll raise my hand. Y'all, let's get interactive here. We're in this together, right? We're doing this together. This is, this is you know, anyway. Christian liberty. Liberty or freedom for the Christian means that we've been freed from the penalty of sin by faith in Jesus Christ. We've been freed from the penalty of sin because Christ Jesus took that penalty upon himself. And through faith, we benefit. We've been freed through Christ, faith in Christ Jesus, from the penalty of our sin. And Christian liberty also means that we're free now also from the power of sin. See, we often think, man, sin is powerful, and it is powerful. But if you're in Christ Jesus, there is someone who is more powerful in your life, and there's something in your life now that you didn't have before, and that's His grace that teaches you and empowers you and walks you through saying no to all of this. See, Christian liberty, we're free of the penalty of sin because of Christ. And we're free of the power of sin because of the one and same Christ Jesus and what He's given to us. Christian liberty also means, as Paul's repeated many times, that Christians are free from the Jewish rituals and the laws of Moses, as the laws are are important because they expose sin but cannot forgive sin. So again, let's go and look at John eight thirty six. It says, if the Son sets you free, not your works, not you trying to be a good person, as we're going to read again, not circumcision or jumping through religious hoops, not saying just the right thing at the right time or praying this way or that way, if the Son, if Jesus sets you free, then you will be free indeed. Like really free from the penalty of sin and the power of sin. I'm free indeed. In fact, why don't you say that after me like you know it, like you mean it, like you're excited about it. Just after, I'll say it first and you say it. I am free Indeed. Come on, Jesus has set us free. We are free. So we're free from the penalty of sin. We're free of the power of sin. So now what? What does this freedom really mean for us? And that brings us into point number two. Point number two is this, from saying it to living it. We've been set free. If the sun sets us free, we're free indeed. It is for freedom that we've been set free. And we are called to to move from, from saying it, which we've just done, right, to now living it. See, check this out. The last verse of chapter 4 of Galatians describes the believer's position of freedom. The first verse of chapter 5 of Galatians describes the believer's practice of freedom. So let's check this out. Galatians 4, 31, last verse of chapter 4, says, therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman but of the free woman. So we're children of freedom now, children of the free woman. We are positionally in Christ, we are free, positionally free. What does that mean? Oh, let's look at the next thing that the Apostle Paul says to the church. And he says in verse 1 of chapter 5, it is for freedom. So we are children, positionally, of the free woman, freedom, and it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So first of all, Christ has set you free. For what purpose? For freedom. What? Is he just repeating himself there? "Christ has set us free so that we would be free, live free, act free, enjoy. Freedom in Christ. And so he says, stand firm then. Stand. It's not a passive thing. It's something that we do purposefully. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. In other words, practice your freedom and actually live as someone who is free. You are positionally free because and only because of what Christ has done. But that freedom now means that you are now called to practice that freedom, embrace it, live it out, exercise it, really be free. You know, there were some guys on my high school football team. How many of you all played high school football? Anybody here? All right. Guys on my high school football team, and they seem to like the idea of being, by the way, Faith's boyfriend, Seth, over here, he played, he played a little bit of college football. He's a big boy. I don't mess with him, but he knows, you know. Anyway, you know what I'm saying, right? Okay. All right. Push comes to shove. I'm just saying. All right. That's why I'm doing CrossFit and getting in shape again, because I knew the day was coming that my daughter would start to date a guy. It would get serious, and I'd have to, you know, make sure that anyway. Anyway. And again, Seth, this is what happens when, you know, you start, you know, the pastor just, anyway, my family, they've had to deal with this all the time. I'll just say things. Anyway, high school football. Let me get back to this. Freedom. High school football. Positionally free. Practicing our freedom. All right, so there's a bunch of guys. There was not, there were some, not a bunch, but there were some guys on my high school football team. Man, they loved the idea of being on the football team more than they really liked playing football. I'm telling you. And so every Friday, every, every game day, Friday night lights, right? It was Friday night. It was football in, in, in Illinois. And we would get to wear our, our jerseys that we would then play in that night. We get to wear them to, to, to high school, man, to take them to class, right? And every, everyone loved it, right? Because look, man, we're the football players. And we got a game tonight. We're the Warriors, right, man? We're actually the Rams was the name of our, speaking of Rams, right? That, that was the name of our, that was our mascot anyway, the Mount Vernon Rams. Come on. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we were undefeated my senior year, undefeated in conference. We lost later in sectionals or whatever. Ah, that was bad. I got a concussion in that game. Get back in the game, Jones. Anyway, if I'm messed up, it's because of that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? If I ever say anything, it's kind of off. It's just like, yeah, he played high school football. You know, concussions, all that kind of stuff. Pray for your pastor. Okay. So anyway, back to the story. So they loved wearing their team jerseys. I liked wearing my team jersey, man, because I like to be on the football team. But there were some guys who loved wearing their team jerseys simply so that they could be identified as being on the team, but when it actually came to game time that night, Man, you'd see them kind of at the end of the bench, kind of hiding. They didn't want to get in the game. They were hoping it was close enough so they wouldn't be put in the game. Because if they went in the game, man, then they'd actually have to show up and play. They'd actually have to get hit, maybe hurt, maybe bruised. You know what I'm saying? They liked the idea of being on the team, being identified as a player, but they didn't necessarily like to play the game. Safer on the bench, less effort, less pain. So here it is. Here's a tie-in. I see a lot of so-called Christians living the same way. They like the idea of being called a Christian. They love wearing the team jersey, I'm a Christian, you know, T-shirt, neck, whatever it is, you know, I'm a Christian. They love that. They love the name, but they don't really want to get out on the field and live it. I knew it would get quiet when I said that. Because you're thinking of the other people. I know what you're saying. I know what you're doing. But there are are, are Christians who like the idea of being declared free, being declared a Christian, but they aren't really living it out. They aren't really truly going after it, embracing it, and trusting God with their lives, with this new freedom that they have. They aren't truly taking hold of what Christ has taken hold of for them, as it says in Philippians 3.12. Just like there's more to being a football player than just being called one or, or wearing the jersey, there's more to being a Christian than simply being called or calling yourself a Christian. There really is. It's for freedom that you've been set free. It's for freedom. Freedom. A lot of people can say there's something, but that doesn't make it true just because you say it. There are are men out there today who say that they're a woman so they can go swim on the women's, you know, swim team and and win championships, but that's not a woman. That's a man calling himself a woman. He's a man. Chromosome level, he's a man. Positionally, genetically, he's a man. It's time for them to act like it. See, in this passage in Galatians, Paul is defining Christianity as both a positional reality and a practicing reality. In other words, belief goes beyond a mental ascent or simply a title. The evidence of belief of faith is shown in how we choose to live. I would say that the evidence that you really know who you are in Christ is that you get up in the morning and you really live as one who is dead to self and alive in Christ. That's how you really know. Our position in Christ is made evident by our practice of living as Christ. Our position of freedom in Christ is evidenced by us Practicing our freedom and showing our freedom that we have in Christ. We continue in Galatians 5, verse 2. Mark my words. There's an exclamation point. Mark my words, Paul says. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves... Now look, if you let yourselves, if you choose to... We see the free will agency that we, that we have in Christ. Still, we, there's free will agency. If you let yourselves be circumcised, if you let yourselves go back to religious practices and back to works-oriented living and trying to measure up and, and impress God and save yourself, If you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare, every man who lets himself chooses to go backwards in this way, to be circumcised, that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You've fallen away from grace. Big words. Paul is is talking about how through Christ you're positioned by grace, but you've chosen to live apart from grace. I want to tell you what, being a Christian isn't a decision. It's a new life. It's a new life. It's not just a decision. It's not just a one-time action that we take or a mental assent, or a one-time declaration or raising our hands. It's a new life. It's a life that starts with grace, with the work of Christ. And it's a life that we live out every day By grace. The grace of Christ. It's time for us to live free in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. To not simply say it, but actually to live it. It's an exciting way to live. It's a dangerous way to live. You might get hit, you might get bruised, you might get some bumps out there. But it's glorious, it's exciting. There's nothing like standing for Jesus. There's nothing like, as we, one of our young sisters just declared here in our time of rapid fire Thanksgiving, listening and hearing God say, talk to that person about me. And then you do it. There's nothing more amazing, not, not a greater privilege that we have than to be ambassadors of Jesus. It's scary. It can, it can, you can run into a brick wall or, 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 or a hand from time to time or an insult here and there. It can happen, but there's nothing more purposeful than that for a Christian. Let's do what free people do. And free people don't live as slaves any longer. Free people don't go back to the bondage of the flesh, the bondage of sin, the bondage of jumping through hoops, the bondage of works trying to impress God. Free people live in the freedom of what Christ has done and continues to do in us and through us. So I read a story this week that on July 31st, 1838, as a result, and this is, this is what's published, as a result of the gospel message being shared For decades on the island of Jamaica, tens of thousands of slaves in the West Indies were set free. They were emancipated. There there was no longer a soul, no longer one slave in the West Indies. This is what the gospel will do. You bring a gospel, you bring the gospel of Jesus into an area, into a community, into a nation, and it will change things. It will do great things. It's that powerful. The gospel of Jesus saves our souls. It sets us free, and it can even change a nation. It did that in the West Indies in the 1830s. The gospel is what did that. But here's what happened. There wasn't a single slave left in the West Indies. They were emancipated, but in remote areas, there were those who did not hear this good news. And some of the slave owners took advantage of that. They didn't have the internet. Praise God. Sometimes I wish that that was the case with us, too. I'm glad you all are watching online, but I'm just saying, right? So, slave owners were taking advantage of this. They were keeping their slaves in the dark. Well, they weren't slaves anymore, right? And free people. Those who had been set free continued to live under the bondage of slavery for months after the emancipation took place in the West Indies. Can you imagine that? They were free, but because of their ignorance, they continued to live as slaves. It sounds so obvious in this example, yet, people do this day in and day out as Christians. We've been set free. We've been emancipated from sin in our flesh. We've been set free. And God wants us to live in that freedom now, to exercise that freedom and not let anything to prevent us or or drag us back into the bondage that we were in for all those years. So again, Paul says, it is for freedom that Christ has set free you free. Paul encourages the believer, that's us this morning, to set aside our ignorance. And sometimes that's what it is. It's just ignorance. We think, well, I got the ticket to heaven, but life is still hard and I just got to kind of work my way through it. Pull myself up from my bootstraps and just kind of do the best I can do. And it's like, no, you missed it. If that's your perspective, you just missed what Christ has done. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone. Behold, the new has come. You are free now. You are free. You live above all that. Not because of you, but because of Christ. It started with him, it continues with him from beginning to end. We are free. I am free indeed. I am free indeed. Why don't you say that? I'm free indeed. indeed. Amen. Point number three, and this will be a a quick one for us. The ultimate expression of freedom is love. Verse 5 of chapter 5 continues. Paul says, for through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith. It started that way too, right? Through the Spirit and by faith. Didn't it start that way? And that's how it all began, right? That's how it all began. And so Paul says, hey, so he says, for through the Spirit, we eagerly wait by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. In other words, the way that we're, our, our, our actions, our religious things that we do to try to impress God. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Faith expressing itself through love. Believing is more than words. Believing is action. Believing is tangible. As it says here is is expressed. Real belief, real faith, real transformation is expressed, and it's expressed not through big and lofty words, not through loud, rumbling prayers. Although I like those, sometimes I'll do that, like Pastor Manuel. Who oh, put your hand together for Jesus? Right. Those of you who weren't here last week are like, what's wrong with pastor? What's he doing? But it's expressed. You know, in many ways, as I was reading this passage again this week, I'm just reminded how how much this sounds like what James said. In the book of James, chapter 2, beginning verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, without your expression without your actions, and I will show you my faith by my deeds, by what I do, by how I live. I'll express it for real. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. And Paul is saying that the ultimate expression, the ultimate evidence of faith and of freedom is love. Galatians 5, 6, again, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. I want to read 1 John 4. This is love. Beginning in verse 10, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins, He set us free. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Express that freedom, express what Christ has done, express the new life and creation that we are in Christ Jesus. We ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, if we express our faith in this way, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Verse 13, this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us, given to us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. And if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on what the love God has for us. God is love. And whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Expressing our faith, expressing our freedom, Expressing our position in Christ Jesus by faith through the Spirit in love. Beloved, we've been set free. You've been set free. If you're in Christ, anyone in Christ, new creation, you've been set free. And it is for freedom that you've been set free. I want to ask you to stand up as we close. Every day, living in the reality of the position that you have in Christ Jesus. Freedom. 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 You know what? This freedom, it was free to us, but it was not free. It cost Jesus his life. He hung on a cross he took your sins my sins the sins of the entire world from the beginning and the end he took those sins upon himself to set you free to make a way where there was no way high cost and so what I want to encourage us is don't take that for granted don't cheapen what what Christ's has done the price that He paid for your freedom by not living in it, by not embracing it, by not walking in it every single day. I implore you, it is for freedom that Christ went to that cross and set you free. Now live it and share it with others. Here's what I want to do as we close. If you feel like you've been holding back or or continuing to live as a slave in some way, if you just feel like maybe you've been kind of dipping your toes in the water of this freedom, but you know that you haven't jumped in with both feet, I want to give you an opportunity today to do something, and that's in your freedom to jump in. And I want to ask you to do something. It's not just mental ascent kind of stuff and you here, you know, just kind of like, okay, okay. I want you to do something brave. I want you to do something brave. I want you to get out on the field, if you will. I want to invite you to come forward. If that's you, if you've been like, I've been dipping my toes in freedom, but I know, I know I haven't been fully, fully embracing it and living it and walking in the freedom that I have in Christ Jesus, I want to ask you just to come forward right now because we're just going to ask God to do what God does. And that's to break off whatever those lies and shackles and and selfishness and pride and whatever it is that's that's on us, you know, that's stuck on us, that has us stuck. We're going to break that off. God's going to do it right now. Come forward. Come forward. We don't come to church just to hear a word. We come to church to encounter the Word, and for the Word to move and work in our lives, and that's what's going to happen right now. Yes. So good. Just sing this chorus. Let's sing that one more time, that chorus. Oh, my life. God, we declare it. We know it. You've been faithful to us. Where we have not been, you have been faithful, and you've been good, Lord God. So good. May we live in that goodness. May we live in freedom. So, Lord, we come right now, and I just... I thank you, God, for these individuals, so many young people that have walked forward here. God, so encouraging, the next generation longing to be that generation that walks in freedom, that lives in freedom, that expresses you, God, to a dark and dying and hurting nation, Lord. In Jesus' name, the one who began a good work in us, in Jesus' name, we say, God, move on behalf of everybody up front right here. God is there deciding to go in with both feet right now. Both feet to walk in freedom. Pour out your grace in new measure. In Jesus' name, we we just say, doubt be broken off. Timidity be broken off. Pride be broken off. Condemnation be broken off. Lord, if there's anything, if there's any belief that anyone has here about who they are that is not from you, we say, be gone in Jesus' name. Be gone in Jesus' name. For these are children of God, and who the Son sets free is free indeed. And it, has been, it is for freedom that every single person up here has been set free. And so, God, we just stand here. and Just raise your hands even now before him just to receive from him. God, we receive and we come into agreement once again with who we are in Christ Jesus. We come in agreement again that we are those who are positionally free. We are those who are, who are free indeed. We are those who can wake up every morning and live as free men and women in you, Christ Jesus. We step into that even right now. We step away from every lie and every, everything inhibiting us. So just say with me, all those up front here, just say after me, say, I am free indeed. I'm free indeed. Let's say again, I am free, free indeed. I want to encourage you when you wake up tomorrow morning and the morning after, And the morning after, let that be your declaration. I am free indeed. And launch into your day from that place of freedom. That place of who you are in Christ Jesus. Amen.